Hello and welcome back to the T-Druff Film Buff Podcast, episode 51. Yeah, it has been another three weeks, um, but I think we're inching closer to a week-by-week uh, basis here for the, the, the podcast, considering it sure looks like theaters are pushing forward to be opened by Labor Day weekend, and even some by me. Uh, at least according to the AMC website, are going to be open by August 27th. I'm still kind of up in the air as to what I want to do, if I want to go back to the theaters or not, what what my mindset is with that. I don't know. I really, I I just don't know what the right, I mean, I know what the safest move is to definitely not go, but I don't know. I mean, maybe I can convince myself to, to sit down and see Another Christopher Nolan masterpiece. That might be getting ahead of myself. Let's not call it a masterpiece before it comes out. But considering the fact that theaters are reopening, no matter what, I think I am absolutely going to start now my Christopher Nolan rewatch, starting, of course, with Following, and then with Memento after that, and Insomnia, and all of the above. I have not watched Insomnia actually since the first time I watched it all the way. I want to say that was probably 2010. Um, it was probably right after Inception. So, yeah, probably, I'm guessing 2010. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm I'm still up in the air, but we, we are still a couple weeks away not that anything's actually going to change in a couple weeks, um, considering we kind of know now that this this truly is going to be something we're all in for the long haul, I'd say at least for another year. That's my guess. Um, but what what do I know? What the hell do I know? Um, AMC also announced that they're doing 15-cent tickets on the opening day back. Well, I think that's only for August 20th. I want to say, so that's only really the AMC's that are opened. They're going to be open on August twentieth. So we're gonna see. I mean, that's that's an interesting tactic, and and I get it. Like my initial instinct was, and I didn't tweet this out, but I really, I was really tempted to tweet out how dangerous this could be, Um, because they are they are basically pulling people in um, just because they have fifteen cent tickets, and I was actually. Um, I was looking up tickets, uh, just kind of curious to see what, you know, how people are handling this. Like, what, what are people buying tickets, uh, you know, already? Like, what, what's the case? Because I think, yeah, okay, there's a theater by me that's opening August 20th. And I was looking at the movies. So they have Black Panther, Back to the Future, I Still Believe, Jumanji, Grease. And the Empire Strikes Back, all in theaters that day, and I think that they're going to stay in theaters for like the the two weeks after that until, or at least some of those are until until Tenet comes into theaters and until you know it really is a, a full return to the theaters we know. And will it ever be? I don't know. Um, but uh, I was looking at that day, August twentieth, right, and I'm looking to see. You know, if these movies are actually being, like, are people going to to buy tickets to this? Like, what is the situation here? Um, And almost every single one of these screens is sold out. Now, you have to remember, 
being sold out in the COVID era is not 100%. It's from what it looked like, it, it, it was about 35 to 40%. Now, I will say it is kind of frustrating how the theaters are doing the percentages because if I'm, I'm literally looking at a screening right now on that Thursday the 20th to a theater right by me, about 15 minutes from me, it's at 3 o'clock, and it's about 40% full. But the way the theater is, is structured is that all the seats at the bottom where you wouldn't have as good of a view, which is about half the theater because it's split up into like two different sections. Nobody's bought a ticket in that area. Everybody has purchased a ticket up near the top. Now, we don't really know how many of those people are together and like won't be social distancing anyway, right? Like those that could be... That could be like four different groups of eight people that are going to the theaters together. I don't know. But it sure doesn't look like anything's changed in terms of how they're branching out and, and structuring the, the way people are seated. I mean, that worries me. That part of it really does worry me. Because you can't control, in this era of movie going, you can't control where other people are going to buy seats to, right? Like back in the day when you didn't have reserved seating, you could buy a ticket and then just sit wherever you want. If somebody sits near you, then you can move. And it doesn't matter because nobody has a reserved seating. Everybody can sit where they want. I don't know. That that part of it uh, kind of took me back a little bit. Although I know in that theater, I will say, I know in the theater I'm talking about, they, they are the seats are way further away than, than normal. Uh, just because they're like recliner seats, I think it's a dine-in as well. Yeah, it's a dine-in. So th there's just different... It's structured differently. So, I, I mean, I don't know. Oh, God, it's it's ugh, it's weird. Isn't it, it? It's just weird even thinking about this whole thing. Anyway, let's get to the Emmy nominations briefly, uh, considering that the nominations came out a day after I recorded the last episode. Um, and I mean, the one thing that really stood out to me for these nominations was that Tom Pelfrey for Ozark was not nominated uh, for best supporting actor. That, that was, that's unbelievable. Uh, but let, let's kind of go category, category by category, just not, you know, not, not too in depth, just kind of initial reactions. Uh, I mean, I'm looking at the best comedy section. I, you know, I gotta be honest. The only show I watch in this section is Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. So that, that would be the one, of course, I'm birdie for. I just don't watch The Good Place. I don't watch Dead to Me. I don't watch Curb. I don't watch Insecure, Kaminsky Method, or Schitt's Creek, or What We Do in the Shit. I just don't watch any of them. Uh, best Drama? I've only seen one episode of The Crown. And same with Handmaid's Tale, actually. Uh, Killing Eve had a really, really down year, I thought. Just poor season compared to the first two um and really even the second season wasn't that great uh but that should not have been nominated in my opinion ozark was was fantastic it was the best season they've had uh stranger things in succession uh, stranger things nobody even remembers that season it was over a year ago now so that's not gonna win succession it seems like the runaway favorite here right and then you have the dark horse which a show that shouldn't even be in this category the mandalorian don't get me wrong. I like The Mandalorian. I liked it a lot, actually. Uh, I don't know how many times i got to say it, but I, I, there's no part of me that believes that that show deserves to be nominated for Best Drama. 
I have not seen all of these shows. The actually, you know what? I've seen at least one episode of every single one of these shows except for Succession. Uh, and I can tell you that even Killing Eve is of higher production quality, of higher just overall quality. Not season three, I will say. Um, but season one is definitely a better season than The Mandalorian season one. I'll tell you that. Uh, so that was a little shocking. Best limited series. Um, I'm guessing this one will go to Watchmen. I haven't seen it yet. I thought Unbelievable was, was for lack of a better term, unbelievably good. Uh, Mrs. America, I haven't seen that yet. Little Fires Everywhere, I really did not like. So I'm gonna guess I'm gonna go with Watchmen there. Best actress comedy, yeah. Again, see, I don't I don't really watch these shows, but of course I'd be rooting for Rachel Brosnahan. Best actor comedy, um, again, don't really watch these shows. Can't even really comment. Best actress drama. I thought Jennifer Aniston may have given her best, may have given the best performance of her career in the morning show. Is what I'll say. So I would love to see her win that. Olivia Coleman, of course, for The Crown. Jodie Comer for Killing Eve. Again, that's a down year. And same with Sandra Oh. I, I, you know, it's cool to see Zendaya in there, though, for Euphoria. I haven't watched that show yet, either. It's on my watch list. Laura Linney, I thought, really, I mean, just, I, I was still a little iffy on how I felt about her performance through the first two seasons. I just, I didn't know if she was actually selling me, uh, like I didn't know if I was buying what she was trying to sell me, if that makes any sense. Uh, but she was excellent in this season. So, mm, man, that's a tough category. Because you'd think that maybe Aniston can pull this out, but my gut does say Laura Linney wins that one. Best actor drama, of course, Bateman for Ozark. I don't watch This Is Us or Succession yet, so can't really comment. I thought Steve Carell was really good. In the morning show, I don't know if he's award worthy in that show though. And of course, Billy Porter for Pose, he's the critics' favorite every year. So I, I, I don't know. I mean, that's that's a tough category as well. Probably one of the Succession guys is my guess. Uh, best actress, limited series or TV movie. Yeah, I, I haven't haven't seen enough of these to be honest. But probably Regina King. Uh, best actor, limited series or TV movie. Yeah, again, same same thing except for. I've seen Hugh Jackman in Bad, Educa- Bad Education, which he was good. I, I just wasn't a huge fan of the movie. Mark Ruffalo was unreal, and I know this much is true. That is a tough show to watch, and boy, oh boy, did he pull it off. Wow. I, I, I would love to see him win that. That oh, Fantastic performance there. Best su- Supporting Actress Comedy. Yeah, you got Gilpin, Borstein... Cardin, Hinkle, McKinnon, Murphy, uh, D- Orgy, Giovanni Orgy, I don't know, for Insecure, I don't know, Cecily Strong, you see, the Saturday Night Live people, it's always tough to predict it, who's going to get it there, but I, I kind of feel like, hmm, I, it's hard to go against Borstein again, isn't it? Supporting actor comedy, yeah, I mean, this is pretty much the same exact group that was nominated last year um yeah it's mm, it's tough to go against Tony Shalhoub again right oh man I don't know supporting actress drama god it feels like Big Little Lies was two three years ago that season but I guess it still 
considered uh, nominated this year. Tandy Newton, The Westworld. Again, Westworld, down year. I, I didn't know what was going on half the time in that show. I don't know how any of the actors know what's going on. Uh, hasn't seen Succession yet. Fiona Shaw and Killian Eve is good, but that's just a normal form. I thought Meryl Streep was excellent in Big Little Lies, so I could see her winning. I could see Laura, Dur- Laura Dern winning. Um, it's interesting that that Kidman and Reese... Am I right? Did I not see that right? Did they not get nominated at all? Yeah, they didn't. Holy shit. Okay. Um, damn. Uh, best Supporting Actor Drama. Boy, oh boy. I loved it. I loved Billy Crudup in the morning show. So I would, I would really like to see him win that. Although, how many Succession guys are nominated here? Three? Yeah, I mean, you'd probably guess that one of those two guys get it. And, and Eight people nominated in the category, guys? Eight people? Do we need eight nominees, guys? I mean, my gosh. Uh, supporting actress, limited series of TV movie. Uh, I'd love to see Tony Collette get it for Unbelievable. Again, haven't seen the other shows, though. Can't really comment. Uh, yeah, I mean, any other categories really worth discussing here? Not really. Um, but again, the initial reactions were... The fact that I was surprised Mandalorian got nominated, and I was surprised Tom Pelfrey didn't get nominated. I, I truly can't even really believe that. I thought he was a shoe in to, to win possibly, so that was that was pretty shocking. Um, yeah, uh, Mulan boosted the streaming service Disney Plus uh, as well as a bunch of other uh, VOD options. Um, Oh, here comes my my pup Mia coming in for some pets here. All right, yeah. So so that Mulan that was a shocker. I I gotta say that was a big shocker. I thought that movie was for sure coming out in theaters. It just doesn't make sense financially. But maybe Disney just really thought they're like, you know what? If we wait until twenty twenty one to really put this movie out in theaters, and and get the money we want out of this, the buzz might be gone by that point. The critics have already seen it. So you know, like. Like what? I mean, what are we doing here? So I think that's what they were thinking, and so they decided, hey, let's just put this on Disney Plus. Let's charge thirty extra dollars if you want to rent this or buy this thing. I think it is, which I sure hope that's you get to keep it on Disney Plus. But I would also kind of assume that Mulan's probably gonna be on Disney Plus by Christmas. So what percentage of the audience? And I'm probably gonna be one of those people. But what percentage of the audience is going to pay? $30 to watch Mulan when they could wait three months to have it officially on there. I don't know, but that's kind of similar to, you know, uh, something studios do with, with movies and Blu-rays anyway. So I don't know if it's that much different. Um, but on top of the, the, you know, the monthly fee you got for Disney Plus, although I'm not paying monthly because I paid up front for three years. Uh, it's like 110 bucks for three years, something for Disney Plus. So as you can hear, Mia drinking water in the background there. Um, but so it's not, you know, whatever. 30 extra bucks. I want to see this movie. The trailers look amazing. So, yeah, I might be one of those people. Uh, moving on, Will Smith, Kevin Hart. Just today, that was announced or reported that they are going to be, you know, remaking planes, trains, and automobiles together. I, I put this tweet out, but I'm like, am I the only one that thinks that this is actually awesome? I, Will Smith and Kevin Hart, I don't think they've done a movie together. I'm sure they're buddies. Like, 
they're two of the most famous people in the world in terms of entertainment or, or entertainers. I got to imagine if they're doing this, they, they know each other, they're good friends, they, they trust, you know, that this is going to be a good move for them. So, you know, whether whether I believe that planes, trains, and automobiles should be remade, I think it's a different story. You know, these, these things, these movies are going to get remade. Like, it's only going to be a matter of time before Back to the Future gets remade or gets a sequel. It's just going to happen. So I think once you accept that, you just have to then root for the best combinations that these people, you know, are, are going to put together. The, the producers are going to put together. And I think Will Smith and Kevin Hart, that's a pretty damn good combination. That's a damn good combination to put out. So, that, I mean, that's all I'm saying, you know. Do I, do I actually like the fact that they're making remaking it? No, I mean, I, I love that movie. That movie's fantastic. That's like a Thanksgiving tradition for a lot of people to watch that film. Uh, but... Again, if you ask me who would I want to be in that movie to change things up, well, hey, let's have two African-American actors in there, two of the funniest people, two of the most entertaining actors out there. Yeah, let's do it. Let's, let's, I'd, I'd be happy to watch that movie tomorrow. So anyway, let's moving on. Uh, Will Smith's been a DC movie, right? Well, DC Fandom, I believe is what they're calling it, Fandom, Fandom. Uh, is next weekend so what announcements are we going to get from that are we going to finally get a superman movie announcement with henry cavill are they going to finally tell us that hey it's okay everything is okay in the world henry cavill is still going to be superman no they're not going to announce that but it is crazy to think that this is it's almost i think when this thing i want to say was was it the 19th or the 22nd it's one of those so it might be to the day when they do this, it might be to the day, seven years since they announced they were going to do a Batman v Superman movie. Um, wait, was it that? Yeah, no, no, it was. It was. That's right. No, they, they no, I'm sorry. They announced that at Comic-Con. It would be seven years to the day that Ben Affleck was announced as Batman. And of course, that's no longer, you know, a thing. Um, but it, it, just, it would just be interesting. Uh, new Batman game apparently being announced tomorrow by you know the Montreal studios that did um, Arkham Origins, which I thought was actually a pretty underrated game. That's a fun ass Batman game. I gotta tell you, uh, you know it's probably to me the ranking would probably go Arkham City, Arkham, uh, Arkham Knight, and Arkham Asylum are are tied for second, I guess, and third. Um, and then, you know, right after that is Arkham Origins. Like, for being a, a different studio just taking place in the same universe, hell yeah. I love that game a lot. That was a damn good game. And just, fly, I'm telling you, just gliding around, flying around as Batman. Oh, it's some of the most fulfilling gameplay you're ever going to have. That's all I got to say. And it just makes me want to just buy the re-release for PS4 for Arkham Asylum and Arkham City so I can just play those games and beat them again. God damn, so freaking fun. Um, so yeah, I, I hope so. They apparently there's a new Suicide Squad, su- Suicide Game, Suicide Squad game as well. God, tongue twister there. Um, so that's gonna be exciting if Rocksteady officially announces that. Um, but honestly, there's not much other news in terms of entertainment. But I did want to kind of touch up on a few things that were not entertainment wise, but they were more. Uh, sports talk, which would be, you know, this happened a couple weeks ago. I think it was the week after I had, 
um, I done my last podcast is Mike Golick. Part of ways with ESPN after 22 years. Now, there's been some a couple other changes with ESPN 1000 recently as well, but but those aren't as big. Mike Golick not being a part of ESPN is crazy to me. I didn't listen really to Golick and Wingo. You know, since Mike and Mike stopped that show and, and went their different ways, which, you know, who knows? They, they, they should have kept that show in the air, but I guess everything has, you know, a, a clock on it, right? But after that show kind of stopped, I didn't really listen to morning radio. I didn't watch the ESPN show on TV anymore. I didn't even really watch ESPN after like 2015. So like those last couple of years of Mike and Mike, that was maybe the only thing I would tune into, you know, now and then. Um, but I mean, man, I mean, I can't tell you how many mornings I, I, I woke up back in the day and I woke up to Mike and Mike. I would, I would wake up, watch them for 15 minutes and then head off to school. I mean, that, that was my morning. Of course I'd put it on in the radio and I get in the car as well, but I, I absolutely loved Mike and Mike. I, I, I tell you, I just can't tell you how many mornings I spent with them uh, over the last probably 15 years. Um, so Golik being a part of that and then now announcing his part in ways with ESPN, of course. I've watched a little tribute at the end with all of his family there. That was really touching. Um, just, you know... I can't even, maybe, who knows, maybe I wouldn't even be doing this podcast if I didn't watch them every day, you know, on ESPN doing their thing, and it's not, it's not that different, you know, they're talking about what they love, I'm talking about what I love here, I mean, that, major props, you know, major props, when you talk about influences, um, you know, I can mention the Collider folks, I can mention the Schmoes guys, I can mention, you know, some of the folks over at Screen Junkies, I can, of course, mentioned Waddle and Sylvia and ESPN 1000 and and when the day comes that that's no longer a show that's going to be real 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 sad but Golik and and Mike and Mike and and Mike Golik specifically as well certainly up there in terms of influences so that was uh definitely a bummer but hey better things better things ahead I'm sure he's I think he said on Waddle and Sylvia he's not going to go away you know from probably not even radio um, but he just, you know, I think he's happy to get out of mornings. I mean, five to nine every morning, get out of here. Um, when I think of the east, well, in the east coast, I guess he it would have been six to ten, right? So, but still, um, five to nine, yikes. White Sox baseball so far this year. I put that in my notes. Like, what what do I even want to mention here? The the fact that every single game somebody's going down with an injury. Like just today, they announced Adam Engel is going to be on the injured list now. I mean, what what is happening? What is happening? Adam Engel's gotten injured. Larry Garcia is now on the 45-day DL. Tim Anderson was out for 10 days. Magical's been out for 10 days. Mankata has been sitting out a couple days here and there. Eloy Jimenez running into the wall, getting a near concussion, being out for a couple days. Um, who else am I forgetting? Oh, Ronaldo Lopez still hasn't come back from his injury. Um, Rodon, injured list. Oh, Kopech opting out. Mazzara was on COVID, uh, the COVID list. I mean, my guy, Aaron Bummer. Aaron Bummer, one of the most important guys in our bullpen has been out. I don't even think there's been a team in the MLB who's had more injuries than us. And is that partially because of, you know, 
COVID and the fact that they didn't have a proper summer camp and a proper spring training like normal could be. That could very well exactly be what, what the case was. Um, but, man, it's, it's a bummer. And they've been decent so far. They've had just spurts of looking terrible. And then, like yesterday, they had four home runs in a row, and they look great. Dallas Keuchel's pitching phenomenal. I love what he said to the team you know, a week or so ago where he was calling everybody out. He's like, we got guys out there playing who don't really care about winning. It's like, hell yeah, Dallas. Hell yeah. I'm glad you're freaking calling people out because, God damn it, like, I don't think anybody else is going to call anybody out. And, and it's like somebody's got to do it. So uh, I, I was glad to see that. And I, I think they've played a little bit better since then. It's just those first two games against St. Louis on Saturday. It's like, what the fuck was that? I mean, oh, God. And maybe maybe we just will be average this season. Maybe that's just what, you know, that's just what the season's going to be like. And the last thing I put down here on the notes is will Notre Dame football play this fall? You get the Big Ten announcing they're not going to play. You get the Pac-12 announcing they're not going to play. So now we're waiting on Big 12, ACC, and SEC. And I think all three of those, I think, are going to play. So at least you do have three of the five power five. Whether or not the decision is right to play and right to not play, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. Uh, I I would rely on health officials for that. I don't know. If if they say it's okay to play, I mean, they've given the go-ahead to the MLB. They've given the go-ahead to the NBA and the NHL. Probably the NFL. Of course, it's different because these are amateur athletes. They don't. They're not going to have access to all the testing that the professionals would. But man, I just want to see football this fall. Like it's it's crazy how much I'm appreciating the MLB just overall. Now that they're back in the NBA, and I've even like tuned into maybe 10 seconds of a couple NHL games. Um, that's about as much as you're going to get from me, though. So I'm not going to definitely not going to not going to be tuning in for a full game. Anyway. I think that that's basically going to do it for the show. Not a lot of, not a ton of news or, or you know anything like that. Who knows? Hopefully next week I'll be back with another episode. If not, it'll probably be Tenet. Spoiler review. If I choose to go, if theaters still reopen, who knows? Maybe our governor will shut that down again, just like he's apparently thinking about shutting down youth sports and, and park district sports and all sorts of things like that. I don't know. Anyway. I have a new pup named Mia. Mia's from La La Land. Everybody have a La La Land filled weekend. That's all I got to say. That's it. We'll see you next week.